0: a Netflix live event happening
1: May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets
0: his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific
1: time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
2: You guys know I'm expecting some payment for this time, right? My time isn't free.
3: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Track and Storm podcast. Matt, Alex, and Brandon are here with you, as is, back for his fourth appearance on the show, our other co-host, if you will, Stephen Lawrence, here to talk to us about his 100th NHL game, where the Hurricanes are at right now, and just all kinds of other stuff that's going on in our boy's life. So Stevie, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to come and uh, talk to us a little bit, buddy yeah thanks again
2: for having me like you said fourth time i'm starting to feel like a regular here so uh eventually like uh, like i mentioned before i might have to start collecting a little bit of a paycheck here <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: Absolutely. so do we so do we yeah that's hey, That's all fair all fair Um, It was a very exciting week in Hurricanes hockey. Um, Obviously, the team went on a little bit of a slide there for a minute. Um, First four-game losing streak of the season, uh, probably some of it pretty undeserved. They played some pretty good hockey games, uh, especially that New York Rangers game where not Igor Shesterkin suddenly decided to turn into Igor Shesterkin. And, uh, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff happened. And then, obviously, we got the big trade with Max Domi coming to town, too. So we got plenty of stuff to talk about tonight. But um, let's start with your 100th game. Uh, first of all, congratulations! That's awesome. Much. First of many milestones we are sure you're going to hit in your NHL career. So, what was that <laughs> night like for you? <laughs>
2: uh, it, it was special, like you said. It's it was a hundred games, but it feels like uh, just yesterday I was talking to you guys before my first NHL game even happened. So it it's honestly gone by so fast. Um, but th- but that night was very special. Obviously, being in Toronto in my hometown it was it was so cool that I had you know friends and family in the building and. Um, they were able to kind of, um, share that moment with me, um, you know the, the the way my career kind of played out at the beginning obviously not being able to to be there for my first NHL game you know my parents my friends and family like that they obviously were watching on TV but for that to be game number 100 to fall you know on the uh the Toronto Maple Leaf game and that's you know the first time the Leafs had had uh fans in the stands in quite a while too or they they maybe played a couple games before that but it was really special to be able to see uh all the the Lawrence jerseys and all the Kane jerseys up in the crowd and we had quite a quite a big Canes following, uh, at the rink. And I think a lot of it had to do with my family. I've had people reach out from, from all over the place, pretty much saying how many, uh, Lawrence jerseys they saw. So, um, that was so special to, to be able to play and, um, you know, go out and skate around the ACC and, or, well, I guess it's the Scotiabank arena now, but, um, uh, in front of all those people, I just—I caught myself a few times at TV time. I was just looking around, being like, "Oh, you know, I've, I've sat there before. I've sat there before. You know, I've—I've I've seen a whole bunch of hockey here. So um, I'm, I'm very blessed and I'm fortunate that I was able to to play that night and, and for it to be my hundredth game. I, I still can't believe that it. uh, it's already been a hundred, but I'm looking forward to many more.
0: <clears throat> and it seems like you had, you know, one person there to represent you for every NHL game you played. You know, I mean. There, there were a lot of people in that crowd. And I think yeah. you had a scoring chance in the first period. And I, I, I thought to myself, I was like, man, if that went in, the roof would have gone off that place.
2: Yeah, it would have sounded like a home game almost. But I know. <laughs> yeah, I think I just pulled the trigger a little bit too early on on a backhand chance there. And I knew as soon as I shot it and he stopped and I was like, if I would have just waited, you know, maybe a second longer, I might have might have uh, squeaked by him. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 special to. To know that all the people that have sacrificed a whole lot for me to be able to get to that point were able to make it to that game. And not only just my friends and family, but I've had people from like high school reach out to me and, and old teachers and coaches that have said, you know, we're going to be in the building tonight. And we're so happy that we've been able to be a part of this journey that uh, that you've been on and, and be able to share it with you. So, I mean, that's kind of where it all hits home and it all comes back full circle. Where it's like, you know, I remember, you know, my part of my journey when I was maybe eight or nine years old and you helped me. In, and coach this team, or you were my teacher in grade nine math, or something like that. Just all kinds of different people reaching out, and it's so cool to just share it with those people. So yeah,
4: yeah. You know, like everyone else said, it feels like a hundred games has just flown by. You know, it feels like you just got called up yesterday. We were talking about your debut and everything. Yeah. Now a hundred games in the bag. You know, this might be a tough one to answer because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of possibilities here, but. Well, why don't you give us kind of your favorite moment from your first 100 games? What's your favorite accomplishment so far?
2: Favorite um, accomplishment? Um, I Again, I, I don't know if I have one just real accomplishment. I think being able to just... Pull this, I mean, I, I put things into perspective quite a bit and it's, it's in ways that you know, just motivate me. And, and a lot of guys, I don't think they take for granted playing in the NHL, but I know that every single time I pull the Jersey on, it's like, you know, I look at the crest and I, I look at my name on the back of the shirt and I'm like, this is like, for real, this is, you know, 20 plus years of hard work to be able to, you know, earn the opportunity to to come to the rink every day and, and do what I love. And not many people can say that they do that. So I'm just, that's kind of what drives me every single day to, to go to the rank with the smile on my face and and just realize how lucky I am. So, um, there's obviously been moments, you know, scoring goals, even, uh, you know, making like, actually, you know what? I shouldn't say that. There's one moment that really sticks out. Um, my girlfriend's father passed away last summer, um, from cancer. And, uh, we found out about it at the end of the playoff run and he went within two months and it, it happened so fast. It was very unfortunate, but, uh, this year when Toronto came to our building, I think it was like our eighth game. Um, my girlfriend's mom was in attendance and then her uncle and aunt, uh, her dad's brother was there. And uh, I was able to get my first of the year against the Leafs um, against Jack Campbell. And that was pretty special knowing that, you know, it was not only my first of the year, but that was the first time um, my girlfriend's mom and, or, you know, their, their family had been in town. So it was, it was special to be able to share that moment with them and just going out with them after the game and seeing everybody. It was just like, wow, did that really happen? Like, that's pretty cool. And his name was Jeff. And I was like, yeah, Jeff, he was with me tonight. Like that one was for him. So that one kind of sticks out um, on a personal level. But like I said, just being able to do this every day, it still, um, there's still moments where I'm just like, I got to pinch myself. I'm like, yeah, this is real. Like it's, it's pretty cool to be able to, to do this as my job.
3: Wasn't that the one where you kind of shook off a couple guys too and were like on like a mini breakaway? Oh, yeah. You went beast mode there. Yeah, that was a yeah, hell of a goal. He made Rasmus Sandin
0: look like, you yeah, know, like right, a, right. a midget see. hockey player. Los <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, uh, a big guy, to be fair. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I
2: like to think I can use my strength here and there sometimes and just overpower overpower when I have, uh, when I have my win. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it worked out nicely and uh, I'm fortunate that it wins. So, it's pretty cool.
3: Right. Um, and you know, we've kind of seen your progression and, and, honestly, just watching you the last few games, you've been playing some really, some of the best hockey of your career, in my opinion, uh, I thought last night, like in the first period, I thought you were the Hurricanes best player. Cause you were every shift on the ice, you were creating energy, you were buzzing. Like I thought you were going to get one last night. I really did. You didn't, but you played a great game. You really did. Um, thank you. So, and I kind of mentioned you guys have been in a little bit of a tough spell, so and I think this is probably something we've talked about a little bit before, but I feel like you were one of the guys that really just set the tone early in last night's game. And you guys are on a little bit of a losing streak. And obviously you guys were able to pull out the win in the end. It was one of the most fun I've ever had at a hockey game, by the way. Like I was so glad. Oh, That's yeah, a great game. Such a good game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great and everything. But yeah, just, I feel like you really carved out a really nice role on this team. And like I said, playing some great hockey right now.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, first of all, I, I appreciate the kind of words. I know you're you've always been a guy in my corner since day one, so that's I, um, I'm thankful for for those words. And I, I know you feel that way about me, so I, I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, like you said, it's just more. And, and looking back before the season, obviously, I wanted to kind of do this and this and this. And, and over the course of the season, it's just been more about really, like you said. Carving out a role, and you know, I everybody wants to you know score fifty goals a year and do all this and that, and you know, I've had my fair share of chances that haven't gone in, and I think a lot of guys just haven't had a ton of puck luck lately. But that's the way hockey is, right? But you know, I've talked to the coach and, and coaching staff multiple times this year, and they just said, like, you know what, your 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 line goes out there and is effective every night. And sometimes you don't play the most minutes, and and there are times where you know our matchup isn't on the ice because we've done such a good job you know, hemming them in their end when they're on the ice, that their fourth line may, might not play, right? right? So then, you know, we play a whole lot, but that's kind of a testament to to the, the job that we've done early on in the game. So And then, uh, you know, ad- addressing the kind of skid that we've been on, I mean, it happens every year to good teams, right? Like, it, it's like, it's a long season and, and, and stuff happens where you just don't get bounces. And I know there's um, I mean, guys have Twitter and you can go through and you, you just kind of put your phone down because you know that people might be like tweeting at you and stuff and you're just like, Ugh, I might not want to check what's going on today because, you know, we haven't really scored more than, you know, a goal or two a game in the past couple of weeks. But I mean, that stuff happens. It's It, it really is part of the game and and. I mean, our, our, power play was dry for a little while. And then last night where we put up two goals in the power play and, and I think they were the first two goals of the game, something like that. So it just goes to show you that we're a resilient group and, and, you know, things are going to happen where we're not going to get those wins where we might've got early on in the season where maybe we weren't playing our best hockey, but we still managed to win some games. And, and now it kind of seems like, well, we've been playing some good hockey, but you know, we're putting up 40 plus shots and, and we're doubling the opponent's shots and, and we still find a way to, to not win. We lose. So it's just, it's frustrating because guys come to the locker room, like, wow, we really tried our hardest. We gave it our all, like we played well systematically, but it was just like, sometimes it's a game of inches and that's, you know, what Roddy preaches is that you you really got to bring your A game in the playoffs because the, the intensity and stuff that's always there. That doesn't change. It's, it's the, the one play that you might be out of position by half a step, and that's the one that bites you in the butt, and that's you know that goes in your net, and, and that might decide the game in the, in the series. So that's why he's always, you know, our, our our harshest critic, and he knows we're hard on ourselves, but he's the guy that's really like, you know, what we really have to do a better job and be more diligent, just not making mistakes, and they're gonna happen, but um, try to limit the mistakes, I guess. And right. and I think you know, the past few games we have really outplayed our opponents, and we were able to, you know, fortunately get a win against a, a good Tampa squad yesterday. But we've been bringing it for a while, so hopefully we can kind of keep this going forward. Absolutely. Yeah,
4: and, and, you know, speaking of that game, I'm, I'm just dying to ask this, because I think our listeners are really going to appreciate it. But uh, what, what the hell happened at the end of the game there? It almost seemed like the the lightning were trying to stick around for this for the storm surge. Like, can you give us a little insight on what was going on? <laughs> yeah, they
2: just want a little piece of it, I guess. But, uh, no, I was telling Matt and Brandon, I said that – um, I guess something happened between uh, Kucherov and, and Fish before, um, you know, the interference penalty, which kind of set Kucherov off. But um, I mean, I wasn't really able to see that part of it, but obviously, you know, it, it, it was a penalty committed on Fishy. I mean, that's going to get called 10 times out of 10 when, you know, you go to skate skater out when you're backing up and then you move forward and you interfere with them, you know, that probably could have ended or resulted in an empty net goal and that could have iced it right there. So um he obviously got upset, understandably. It's a, it's an emotional game and he's a competitor and he doesn't want to lose either. But, um, you know, when the buzzer went, I think it was just fishy An extremely competitive guy. You know, a, a great player and a guy who's in the moment, you know, the crowd's roaring. You know, we just won the game and, and everybody's excited. Emotions are high. And, and then, you know, Kucherov's visibly upset coming out of the penalty box. So. I think they just kind of went at each other a little bit and, and it's kind of like a, an MLB fight where when uh, two guys kind of go at each other and then everybody just runs out onto the ice. And I mean, we are all coming out on the ice anyways, since it was the end of the game to go get Freddie, but uh, yeah, I guess everybody uh, just, I mean, we were looking at them and they were looking at us and um we didn't know what was going to happen, but obviously it just kind of mellowed out a little bit. Actually, there was a few of us who were more interested in the fight happening, like the first row with uh, a Tampa fan and a Canes. I don't know if they were a couple of You see that. A couple too many beers or what. But oh, wow. <laughs> we were, we were kind of fish and uh, Looking at uh, the Bolts fan with long hair, trying to fight a couple frat boys. So it was kind of funny to see that. So it, it was oh, great entertainment.
0: Yeah, was oh, man, that was, just, that was a great game all around. Until
2: we, until we went to the locker room, it was, I mean, I had a great day. So, yeah, that was fun. Man,
3: it gets me amped up, too. Look, I, I've, I've never been a big guy, and when I played, I was just the angriest kid on the ice. So, seeing two little guys, like Aho and Kucherov are not big guys, seeing <laughs> no, them go at it, man, it, it gets me going.
2: That's I like that with so many guys. Like Fishy, like I said, might be one of the most competitive guys I've ever played with, and that's kind of what gives him that edge is that, you know, he might. Guys might underestimate him, but he's a gamer and he'll show up and he'll knock you off the puck because he's kind of he's kind of plays angry. Like he's, he's going out there and he doesn't care how big you are. He'll take a little run at you and knock you off the puck. And, you know, obviously makes his skilled plays, but he's not afraid to, to get a little bit dirty,
3: too. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. it was
4: really impressive how you guys kind of got Kucherov off this game and out of his element. I, I thought he kind of had like a 2019 playoff Ovechkin meltdown last night. <laughs>
2: And, and that oh, stuff man. can happen especially when when um, i guess that's uh, a testament to the game we play is we just kind of suffocate other teams right like it, absolutely we, we're at our back we're we're taking away waste time and space and we're not giving you sh- shooting options and then we got guys blocking shots and finishing checks and it's just like you know these these superstars i mean you ask anybody in the league who scores 30 40 50 goals it's like well when you can stand in front of the net and whack pucks in or you're, you know you can take pucks out of the corner and take it to the cage like you know without anybody trying to you know all over your back or something like that I mean that's I mean, who wouldn't want that right yeah. like, I might even have 20 goals <laughs> if I was able to do that but maybe someday but uh but I mean it's it's we're hard to play against and and that's why guys get frustrated and and it was not nice to see I mean but but it was it's when you, when you see superstars frustrated and guys on their team that's you know, we're used to putting pucks in the net. And then when they're upset and they're kind of, you look at their bench and they're yelling at each other and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, we got them. We got them right where we want them. And we did our job. Yeah. Right
4: easy now. game plans working.
2: There and you go. Here,
3: we're speaking of these kind of competitive kind of players. Um, have you had a chance to meet your newest teammate, Max Domi yet?
2: Yeah, so we I skated with him uh, today. We went out on the ice and just did a little like the guys that played, you know, uh, more limited minutes yesterday. We kind of went out and just did a little bit of a workout, and and he was out there on the ice with us. And I mean, he's he's going to be a great addition at a club. Um, it seems like you know, really fits he fits in, right? Like exactly <laughs> you know kinda, here. Yeah. And he's kind of got that bulldog mentality too, right? Like he's kind of a stockier guy, but he plays with a bit of an edge and he's obviously got a lot of skill too. So right. he's in the fit right and and he's kind of a guy where you can, again, slot anywhere in the lineup and he'll kind of play that role. So, I mean, it, it doesn't ever hurt to have that much depth going to the the final stretch of the season, going to the playoffs. So it's, it's exciting to have a guy like that, you know, really want to come here too. You know, you, you look at the interviews that, uh, after he was after he was traded here, and he was he's excited to be a part of the group, and he's excited to to come and contribute. So, what more can you ask for from a guy like that, too, right?
3: All right. I t- I tweeted about this earlier, but he was actually uh, on the Adam Gold Show, which is like the fan here in Raleigh. Um, he the interview with him, he was really excited to be here and talking about last night's game and stuff. It was a really fun interview. So yeah, good. yeah, and definitely heard what you were talking about. He definitely does sound excited to be here and go for a Stanley yeah. Cup run. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Also, yes, I'm in my bed right now. My office got stolen from me. So <laughs> <laughs> by the way,
0: I know, he's uh, a, <laughs> he's kicking his feet up here.
3: I, I am. I'm literally laying back in bed. Chilling, you know.
0: And so, you know, obviously we know that you got places to be. Um, So the last thing we've got for you, I think, obviously we're in the last, like, I think the 20, 20 some odd games of the season here. So what's the one thing that, you have to do because this is we were talking before the, the podcast started and like this is the real like grind of the season here where it's pretty much a game every other night and you've got playoff hockey I mean this is just a brutal stretch of games a lot of really tough opponents so you know what's one thing to do to not only just keep your head on straight but also to just stay energized for the playoffs
2: I think you almost have to treat it like playoffs and, and that's kind of you know, when, when you have your rest days and your off days, um, you take care of your body and it's, it's obviously those are things that NHL pro has to do. But I mean, early on in the season, you can get away with you know maybe having a little bit more fun and freedom and you, and you can go golfing and, and this and that. But now it's, it's really you got to take care of any kind of tweaks or minor injuries or it, if you strain something you got to get that looked after because, you know, obviously playoffs is a playoffs. So, I mean, we'll treat it like playoffs the last stretch, but you know, once, once that, you know, game one of the first round is here, that's, you know, that the intensity of the game just picks up and everybody knows that, but, but right now, you know, you want to be healthy going into the, the, the round one, but at the same time, you need to finish the season on a strong note. So, um, we got to be consistent we, we got to do what we've been doing the past few games and the past couple of weeks, um, you know, night in and night out. Like you said, when there's a game every other night, there's not a whole lot of downtime. It's kind of like last year where, you know, there's just so much hockey in such a short period of time, but um, no one's going to feel sorry for you because there's a lot of teams. Most teams are in the same boat, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we don't really have to change a thing on the ice. I, I think our game, obviously, there's room for improvement like any team in the league, but um, we address the stuff that needs to be addressed in video on our off days, and, and when we go to practice, we just got to make sure we're... We're loose, we're focused, and we're having a good time with it still because, you know, hockey's got to stay fun, and coming to the rink every day is still got to be fun. So um, we're obviously pushing for that Stanley Cup. But I, I think it's it's an exciting uh, time to be a, a Hurricanes fan, and it's definitely exciting to be going to the rink every day, like I said, because there is, you know, it's not just a, a, a dream or a far-fetched thing anymore. Like, this is a reality that, you know, if we really put the work in this year and really buckle down that, you know, it's it's definitely a possibility. So um, that's kind of the coolest thing is, you know, maybe in a couple months we could be champions. So it's um, th- that does that title doesn't come easy. It's not given to anyone for free. So I think every single guy in the locker room, coaching staff, every guy that comes to the rink every single day understands that that's a real possibility and reality. So everybody comes with their their hard hat
3: and work boots on, and, and we're ready to make the push. Would you say it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan? I, think I would. <laughs>
0: Uh, we got the bid in well we obviously you know it's always a pleasure having you on here we want to thank you for just the time you've given to us you know all the work that you and the team have put in this season we're looking forward to a very deep playoff run and best of luck going into the playoffs and hopefully in the stanley cup
2: thank you so much it's always a pleasure coming on and talking with you guys i absolutely love it so Again, if uh, if you ever need a, a guest last minute, I'm always your guy. So you just <laughs> let me know.
3: As always, absolute pleasure having none other events. Stephen Lawrence on to the podcast. We got some more stuff coming up here soon for you, including Carolina Hurricanes reporter, Walt Ruff. But first, before we get into anything else, tracking the storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're going to take just a minute and get a word from DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with 30 dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and up. Restrictions apply. See the show notes on whatever platform you listen to our podcast for important details. All right, we are back here now with none other than Carolina Hurricanes. Official team reporter, Walt Ruff. Walt, thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to us a little bit.
1: Yeah, of course. Appreciate you guys having me on.
3: Yeah, back on, actually. Yeah, you're another uh, guest now. All right, we're starting to rack up some of those now. Stevie's fourth time and you're second. Love it.
0: We didn't scare Uh, you off. (laughs) No, no, not yet.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Well, all right, so let's start with the big news of the week. Um, Obviously, it was a trade deadline. Everybody's kind of wondering what's going to happen. If anything, the Hurricanes were obviously in a very you know, peculiar position with next to no salary room and they had to get creative um, if they were going to do anything. And I would say they did that. Uh, obviously, the newest Carolina Hurricane is Max Domi. So initial thoughts. What do you think on their new addition and uh, how they went about it? I feel like it was a pretty small price
1: to pay, actually. Agree with you. Totally. Um, I think to an extent, everybody was a little bit surprised, right? Because the narrative we had heard for the weeks going in was, you know, depth left defenseman and, you know, okay, understandable. Um, But then all of a sudden, as we got closer and it it didn't take, um, you know, a rocket scientist to maybe speculate that there may be a market for a middle six forward as well um we'd seen Jordan Martinook in that spot for a little bit but of course then with his injury going down there was really a need for that um, but at the end of the day, I like it. I, like you said, it was a very small price to pay for a guy who ultimately makes the team better. Um, I know you guys know better than most about the up and coming prospects, but I feel like the one we gave up was a couple years away. And I think most people are in agreement in saying that the team's got a legitimate chance to win right now. So they made the team better right now. They got creative and they kind of checked all the boxes, if you ask me.
3: Well, and, and also just adding on to that, do you, do you think maybe Jalen Chatfield's play in the last, well, really the entire season, do you think that has anything to do with the fact that, you know, and maybe to a lesser degree, the scoring kind of drying up, I don't think Don Waddell's a very reactive guy to one little dry spell, but do you think the Chatfield part definitely played a role in
1: saying, you know what, we might be
3: good. We've got some good
1: depth here. Yeah. I mean, he didn't make a whole lot of mistakes, right? Everybody knows he's not going to go out. He's not going to be a 20 goal scorer in the NHL, but You know, off the top of my head, I think there was maybe, what, one, two penalties during his 12-game stint that he might want back. And if that's as bad as it gets, I think there's bigger fish to fry, right? So um, you definitely have to give him credit. I think if his number gets called during the playoffs, I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic as to why he'd be okay in the lineup. So um, to answer the question, yeah, I I think you're right.
3: Yeah,
4: Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, beyond just
4: that, I think the way Ethan Barris kind of come into – sort of a zone over the past, I'd say maybe five games or so. Um kind of getting back to the level that he was at pre-COVID, where you know he's he's a guy you can really rely on now for minutes. You can rely on him for matchups. And I I think maybe with him turning a corner, because let's be honest, there is kind of a few reservations about how guys like Bear and Tony D'Angelo can hold up defensively and physically in the playoffs for me, especially at that high level. Um, But what we've seen from Bear recently I think can give you a little more confidence leaning on him, especially when the games get tighter and, you know, anyone playing with Jacob Slavin is in Tony D'Angelo's case, you know, he's, he's got the best bailout beside him and that you're going to find in the league. So I think, yeah, with like Brandon said, with Chatfield, um, is it, who's was a guy who's come up proven he can play at this level. Um, and you even got Brendan Smith still in the mix. So I think maybe that's a reason they could have opted to go for a forward and they bring in Max Domi. What do you think that he's really going to add to the program? Do you think he's a guy that can really make a difference and kind of get this group over the hump? Or is this kind of a move that, for me, I'm just saying, um, I think he probably won't be the reason you win or lose the cup. But is this a guy that can be a difference maker?
1: I think that's a very fair way to put it. Um, What I think he's going to bring is some bite That, as we saw at the end of the game Tuesday night, might be more and more necessary as we get closer and closer toward the playoffs. Um, You know, we're all familiar with this game and the tenacity that he can bring with. And one thing that I found myself thinking about over the last 48 hours since the acquisition is look at the way that the wings go in and chase pucks. You know, I think he's going to do a really good job in that part of things. And then he's got a scoring touch, too. I know he hasn't scored a whole lot as of late, but he possesses the ability. So I would agree to the sentiment of, you know, is he a guy who makes or breaks your team winning the cup? I'm not exactly sure that that's the way to describe it, but I think he certainly can make a difference.
0: Yeah, totally. And I I think, you know, going back to, you know, what we were saying about the Canes need for a defenseman, maybe lessened with Jalen Chatfield. I'd also argue that, you know, granted, they play some of them play on the right side, but guys like Joey Keane, Max LeJoyne, and then on the left side, I think Jesper Selgren has also been really good for Chicago lately. Those are all guys that can fill an NHL role if needed. So, you know, I, I think what, what we all want to know is, you know, Domi obviously has one goal in his last 31 games, um, which is the stat that everybody who didn't like the move threw out there. Um. But, you know, obviously, as we've seen with how the Canes play, it's not always about, you know, players that can put the puck in the net. Um, so what do you think, in addition to like that nastiness, do you think he brings an element that the team was missing?
1: Certainly, uh, again, that the tenacity is the part that stands out to me, because especially if you're going to be without Martin for a little bit, I mean, one of the things that, and you can call me a little bit old school for thinking this way, but we all see how the playoffs work. You kind of have to have somebody who's going to answer the bell. If, you know, let's say having a bid, knock on wood real quick. If something happens to, you know, Aho, we're playing into a division with Ryan Reeves, Tom Wilson. When I always look at the lineup, I think who's going to be the guy that if they really have to, and, you know, perhaps this is unfair, I shouldn't be insinuating Max Domi would, but. Who's going to be the guy if there's an incident? You know, maybe. So, it. you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Domi possesses the ability. We'll see. Of course, it's too soon to tell. He doesn't even know exactly what he's going to be asked of yet. But right. I think he can fill that role if you know if they need a guy or if he feels that you know somebody's been taken a liberty to. Then I think he he possesses the ability to step up, which. I like that part. And again, you can call me old school for it. But in having seen over the last 10 days, Reeves, Wilson, Pat Maroon, Corey Perry, the guys from Tampa. um, I think there's a there's a need for a guy with bite.
3: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And and also, I just really like the fit. I mean, he's a speedy winger. This is getting back to what you were just talking about a minute ago, that puck retrieval, the forechecking. I, one of the things that the second unit on the power play, they got a goal last night, but I think at times they've struggled with is quick, crisp, quick puck movement and puck retrieval after, you know, after a shot or whatever, there's nobody really gets there that quick. And I think Domi can help with both of those areas, you know, with his quickness, with his vision and passing ability. I think he's going to help the second power play unit. And, and I think he's just kind of going to be a fit in the top nine. Maybe, you know, maybe so you don't have to move a Martin Nook up. Or, or whatever the case may be, we'll see where he slots him. Mean, you know how liberal Rod is with his line changes, but where, where do you think you would see Brenda Moore slotting him to
1: start? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is you're probably not breaking up the third line, right? No, you have okay. to keep Nino, Jordo, and, and Jesper together. So um, I think honestly, he's probably going to find himself on that let me walk this back a little bit. I think for a minimum, the first game, I think tomorrow night against Dallas, I maybe we'll see some panic. It wouldn't shock me if we see him start on the fourth line because right. you have to – even Rod said you have to integrate. You have to learn the system. Um, now, over time, I, I think he's just going to become another piece in the top six that gets moved around, whether it's SAT and then Domi, Tro, Natchez, or Jarvis, and – Maybe you take it on case by case of, you know, who maybe is struggling. Ironically enough, they both had great nights last night between Natchez and Jarvis. The other one falls down to that fourth line. Maybe Rod and Don have a vision for, you know, what they have that top six looking like. But it's clear that there was a need for some sort of element. And again, if you roll under the assumption that the third line is going to stay together, then, you know, why not give Max that shot?
3: And hey, that there's is, upside in having KK and Domi together, if you ask me. Exactly. I've exactly. A lot of fun on the fourth line.
1: Total blessing in disguise with the familiarity they have already, too. And maybe that sticks, maybe that works. Yeah. Then because if you've got the third line playing as well as they do, and then you have those two dudes on the fourth line, <laughs> that's a pretty darn deep lineup. I know depth is a sexy word. We've been saying it. We've been hearing it all year, but there's not a lot of teams who could hang with the talent of that fourth line. Absolutely.
0: I was going to say, this is a team where, you know, you have to scratch a legitimately good NHL player to put Domi in the lineup. And, you know, I'm going to use the Rangers as an example. Um, You know, they're going to have to scratch like a Greg McKegg or somebody now with their additions. And chill with that slander. No, I'm I'm (laughs) not going to. Uh, (laughs) Greg McKegg was never good. Legend. He still isn't. And so, but that's what separates it is if you have to bring out like a Derek Stepan, for instance, Stepan's a very good player. And I mean, we've seen it every time he's been in the lineup. He's been excellent. Stephen Lawrence is great. You know, if you've got to take out like, a I mean, Jordan Martinook's injured right now, but when he comes back, you know, that's another player that you're going to have to find a way to fit in. So not every team has this problem.
1: Right, right. No, you hit the nail on the head and. It's funny because so much has been talked about with KK not playing his natural position for the start of the year. We're seeing Derek Stepan still put up results on the fourth line and not his natural position. He's playing the wing on the fourth line a lot of times. So like you said, yeah, somebody talented is going to be unfortunately the odd man out for the time being, but should somebody go down, there's plenty of reassurance behind him. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. Okay. So, you know, um, this week, uh, along with the Domi news, on the trade deadline Monday, we get the Jesperi Yemi eight-year extension announced, you know, the, the biggest unkept secret in the world. We all knew it was coming, but now it's official. Um, well, what do you think that means uh, for the future of the team moving forward as far as this summer? You know, you're going to have Vincent Trocek as a free agent, probably looking for one last big payday, especially as he get, approaches his, his 30s and – You know, he's probably looking for a long term deal and history suggests the Hurricanes haven't been too kind at giving out those long term deals to their older free agents who are entering kind of the later years of their career. And with Trocek's play style and stuff, it's fair to wonder, you know, how long he's got left at this level, especially if you're talking about a seven, eight year term. Do you think Jesperi Kotkaniemi is ready to step into the 2C rule next year? And is that something that you think the Hurricanes
1: kind of have planned in giving him this deal? Well, we've heard, we have heard Don say the other day that, you know, there's a progression in mind for him, right? They believe he's going to get better over time. Um, going to kind of give you the company man answer here, but whether it's next year or not, I don't know that there's really a whole lot of difference. If Trocek is brought back, great. Again, who's competing with the Canes one through four down the middle right now? It's pretty hard, right? But if he has to make that jump, then he's capable. Will there be some learning and growing to do in that role? I'm sure there will be, right? We saw him had to learn the systems and grow in the role he had when he was the fourth line left wing at the start of the year. Then he grew and worked his way in the middle. And so, yes, he's going to work his way up throughout the lineup over the course of those eight years. Um, it's just a matter of time, really, if they elect to make it work with Trocek. If Trocek wants to come back. I know there's a bunch of question marks that are left to be solved. And I believe Giordo has one year after this year left. Um, yeah. So that's something to keep in mind too, right? Because while it's hard to envision... Trochek taking a short-term deal because he's earned it right you know he's earned his money so let him do what he needs to do to financially secure himself and his family you know nobody can blame him for that but there's also that question coming to what happens to jordo um if kk's got to be the 4c for another year and then who knows what happens to jordan stall at the end of that next year so um You know, maybe they see him working naturally up through the lineup into the three hole two years from now, but um, who knows? I think it remains to be seen, but it's a nice little something to keep an eye on, if you will, right?
0: So the last thing I wanted to, you know, talk about the Domi trade is, you know, the the Canes managed to add a player and given the, I mean, let's be honest, some of the prices that players are going for was ridiculous at the deadline this year. So adding Domi while giving up, I, you know by my I guess quote rankings like your sixth or seventh best left defenseman prospect and a play Russian player who if he comes over here as a fourth line player but he was never going to play for your team anyways you know that's like nothing and so you know how big of a deal is that for the Hurricanes you know they're obviously without their first round pick they don't have their third but they've got Chicago's to keep that you know draft capital and prospect depth.
1: It's huge, right? Because at, you know, what, 2 p.m. on Monday, it kind of looked like not a whole lot was going to be happening. And there would have been folks upset. Like people want to see a move just to see a move made sometimes, right? Um, But the fact that they went out, they got a guy who's going to play. And again, didn't give up a whole lot. Draft capital is important, right? You know, Even if it would have been a it's almost a blessing that they had to get creative, right? Because something standard, if it would have been Domi for it, you know, who knows what one for one Domi would have fetched in terms of, you know, was there a team out there who would have floated, I don't know, a first or a second for him? It's hard to tell. I'm not very good at the comparing, you know, what a team like Florida gave up for Giroux in comparison to what that might have meant for Domi, but it's like I said to Brandon on the first question, they didn't give up a whole lot. And the player that they did give up was a couple of years away and they got a player who can help them win right now. You know, he's going to be hungry too, because of being a UFA. So I think it's a great fit all around. Really. He's got 19. Now the challenge is he's got 19 regular season games to learn the system, learn how he can fit in and, Realistically, that could take what five, six, maybe even 10 games. But of course, there's 10 in a postseason to go, um, but not a whole lot of room to work with. So I think it's a tremendous acquisition for what was given up. And it's almost, you know, what's the absolute worst case scenario here? Right. Honestly, 2027, 20, Aiden becomes a full time NHLer, you know is that really worth, you know, reassessing, revisiting? Like, it's just not, they got a guy who can help now. I mean, the Kings could legitimately go on potentially five runs between now and the time that Aiden could maybe be a full-time NHLer. So risk versus reward here is an absolute.
4: The Hurricanes aren't, you know, really known to want to go out and acquire rentals. You know, Don Waddell hasn't liked doing that in the past. So you got to wonder as well, bringing in a guy like Domi, if maybe they see a fit just beyond this year, if they can
1: make the money work. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that stands out to me too, is like, you know, we had heard Riker Raquel's name brought up. We knew Claude Giroux was getting moved. We didn't really hear Max Domi um, because of course, for a little bit, it looked like Columbus might be making a push up to the four spot, but they're kind of a ways out now. And they made up their mind that, Like you said, they were going to lose him during the summer. So um, that's what impresses me a lot about this move. I wonder if, because it it didn't really seem like they were actively shopping him, right? It seems like this might be a guy who, Don in the front office, did their homework and said, hey, this guy could really work if we could get him. And so you get him in here now, you see that trial period. And if he's going to fit, then you have another potential player to look at already under control as you approach free agency. So totally with you. Couldn't agree more. And, um, yeah, I I just keep going back to it, but it was, I think like one 30 Monday, I saw the first tweet involving Max Domi and it's like, that's interesting. Um, and then, you know, we know how these things work. Anytime you see a guy's name out there being linked to a specific team, um, it's probably going to happen. Right. Um, Usually,
3: fire behind the smoke.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then you start thinking: Does he fit? Does he work? And um, so, yeah, I, I give all the credit to to the guys on the fourth floor for for finding the guy and making it work because um, the the risk is low for sure. So,
3: obviously, we just watched the Hurricanes go on their first four game losing streak of the year. Um, you know, and it was just really puck luck, you know, it, it's kind of one of those stretches where it, it, especially like the Rangers game, they outplayed the crap out of them. They did. They just couldn't get the results. Obviously, New York have had a fantastic game. It happens. Um, and, and, you know, Rod always says, I've heard it in multiple interviews, you know, I'm not going to put too much stock in one game. It's one game, right? No matter if it's a winner or a loss, it's one game. But at the same time, I, And then, you know, you see the Tampa Bay game last night, and I just felt like it was such a crisp game from all 19 guys. And and it really was. Like, I I can't name one guy that had a bad game. Everybody seemed to be helping, you know, in some way, shape, or form. Everybody made a positive impact on that game. And now you're adding a guy like Max Dummy to the mix – where do you see is the Hurricanes right now in, in the Eastern Conference arms race? Because, I mean, a lot of teams loaded up. There's a lot. Like It's going to be a murderer's row in the playoffs. It's going to be tough for Couldn't whoever comes out is going to have earned it. So what are your thoughts on the landscape of the East right now? And and do you think with Max Domi and the rest of this team,
1: you think they're in good shape? I think they're in good shape. I'll backtrack a little bit because I do want to touch on the four-game skid because I was even looking myself today, just kind of a, a retrospect on – how did that happen? Right. Right. Pittsburgh game. Um, it was the second half of a back to back. Right. With travel. Travel. Less travel far and far, and far. Yeah. Some of those things mean something. Some of them don't um, playoff team and four, two game, but two empty netters there. So it was a tight game, right? Yep. They didn't get blown out of the water. You look then at the Toronto game, I think there's a bunch of things that they would have liked to seen differently, but you get the 3-2 score. So that that shows something, right? When you can at least have a chance to win if you're not very good. So there was that. You get the Washington game going all the way to a shootout. They feel like they probably could have closed that one out in regulation. There was that penalty there at the end of the third that allowed them to tie it up. And then, of course, the Yorgiev shutout. I mean, what can you do? You outshoot a team 44-18. to 18. It's like Exactly like you said, the luck's just not in your favor there. Um, as far as how they stack up in the rest of the east, I don't know, fellas. I'm just as as eager as you guys to see what shakes out in these playoffs here because as we've seen, they can beat anybody, right? They've beat Pittsburgh, they've beat New York already this year. Um, and of course, Washington's the one where it's like, you know, but they're capable of beating Washington, right? It's not like, oh, my goodness, if we play Washington in the first round, we're looking at a sweep here. Like, they're capable of beating Washington. You look on the other side, Boston they've been okay with. They've beaten Toronto this year. Um, I I don't see any situation – well, potentially later in the playoffs, of course, if we get that far, you have to talk about Florida and Tampa. But Tampa, they can beat. Florida, again, kind of in that same Washington category of they haven't yet. But are they capable? Definitely. I mean, and when I think about Florida, what you had the one game go overtime. you had Alex Lyon and net for the, for one of the other ones. And then the meeting way back in November, they gave up three power play goals in the first period. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot. It's another situation where it's not like, you know, Oh my goodness, Florida's outworked Carolina just completely pumped them in all three games. Like they're right in the mix in all those competitions. So I think that's a, yeah being the number one seed there's some clout behind that too if you will right like you kind of have to be good against some of these teams um and i think they're capable of that so how that'll shake out i don't know but if the the goaltending continues to be as good as it has been that season we all know uh that's a potential x factor as we get into the postseason play
0: well, thanks for joining the pod. We appreciate your insights on, you know, not only the the trade, but, you know, the, the team's last couple of games, the playoffs, and the uh, Jesperi Kokaniemi extension. Hopefully he buys you a dinner with all that cash he's got just lining his pockets now.
1: That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Thanks, guys. I appreciate <laughs> you having me on. It's always a blast. Uh, thankful to be a returning guest now. Hopefully we can do this again soon.
0: Well, folks – This is a lot of fun. It's been a really good episode. Two amazing guests. And I mean, what can you say? We're getting down to the grind of the season. We're hoping to have more content with you soon. And uh, as always, I think Walt said it best, so I'm just going to let him take it away.
1: It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.